and welcome to The Metals Money and Markets Weekly, brought to you by Mining Stock Daily with exclusive syndication at kitco.com. I'm your host, Trevor Hall, and joining me to recap this week's numbers is the mercenary geologist, Mickey Fulp. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the Metals Money and Markets Weekly. We're happy, happy to find Mickey back on the road, but he did take some time. He, he swerved off the highway there on his way to Missouri and uh, found a place with some internet. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I'm, I'm at the Homestead, Missouri now, so... <laughs> Well, I'm happy to hear that. Happy you're safe and safe travels to you. Uh, we got a lot to cover here this week, Mickey. Uh, second week in a row, it's a story of a, a rising dollar, rising yields, which means lower precious metals. Well, we told you this was going to happen a month ago, or it could happen. I didn't say it was going to happen. It could happen, and it's happened. Gold has capitulated. And once again, the chart looks exactly like it did 2010, 2011, early 2012. So uh, look out below, folks. Gold closed at 1698 for a 2% loss, and that's after an $8 rally in the market. Silver, of course, did worse. It uh, lost 5.4% to close at 25.13. Even our favorite precious metal in 2020 loan which is platinum lost four and a half percent closed at 1124 but it still remains the only precious metal in the black in 2021 and palladium actually had a 25 dollar gain it closed at 2250 up one percent but it's still down four percent on the year yeah, it's it's interesting to watch. I mean, even late in the market today, Mickey, there is some buying coming into gold. Uh, I don't want to re- I don't want to remain too optimistic about this because I've done that before and got caught. So. Well, I, I think you know if you're interested in buying physical gold, you buy it on the down tick, and today's the down tick. So uh, why wouldn't you buy? If it goes lower, yeah. you buy more. <laughs> you know? Deep pockets, deep pockets, everybody. Well, uh, no, it's a way of manage. It's much like putting a contribution in for those people with 401ks. You put money in every month just to build a position, and you're basically averaging up, averaging down. You're averaging. So, um, yep. well, best way, best way to buy. Uh, you know, the copper uh, saga uh, kind of hit home this week as well, Mickey. And we talked about copper really needing to find a pullback because it was going exponential. Uh, we pulled back over 4% this week. Yeah, a lot of that happened the last couple of days. Uh, the red metal was big time in the red, closed at 401 for a 4% loss. But week over week, it... Uh, was a 4% loss, but copper's lost 27 cents in nine trading days. This is what happens when markets get too frothy and need a break. So uh, get this, last week we talked about the, the backwardation that we had never seen anything with an eight to nine, even 10 cent backwardation. Well, this week we have eight to nine cent contango. 
<laughs> so uh -huh. this tells you how much in turmoil the markets are. Uh, there was just a massive sell-off of all industrial metals, of course, led by copper uh, over the last two days. Um, supply disruption is ending in South America, specifically Peru and Chile. And so the virus is going, if it's not nearly gone. And labor disputes, which affected the market last year, are gone. So um, all of a sudden, uh, supplies back and demands what it is, so the price goes down. Copper wasn't the only industrial metal that pulled back. I know zinc, nickel, Every. lead pulled back. Yeah, everything. Well, so. find me a metal this week that's not in the red. I'll challenge anybody to do that. Oh, well, there's one, lithium. But I've got a piece coming out on lithium on Monday. It's called When Manic Leads to Panic. <laughs> Look forward to reading that. Yeah, well, think about it. What do they give to uh, manic depressions? They give them <laughs> lithium. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mickey, a good buddy this week, told me and reminded me that there's always a bull market happening somewhere, which was hard to take this week, but it was happening in the oil market. Certainly was. Oil was up to 66.18 for nearly a 7.5% gain. Uh, it finally diverged from copper. You know, those two, uh, oil and copper, arguably, the world runs on oil, and Dr. Copper is the doctor, but they finally diverged this week. Um, and this was really kicked off by the fact that OPEC Plus, which is Russia and whoever else, plus OPEC, uh, announced their production cuts were still on after it was expected they would start easing off on the production cuts. So um, that really spurred the market rigs plus one. Production gained 300,000 barrels to 10.0. And I have to say that those dire predictions of 4 million barrels offline uh, in, in the Permian Basin did not come to pass. Uh, stocks were up a whopping 21.6 million barrels this week, basically because U.S. refineries are not running at full bore right now. Imports were way up. 1.8 million barrels added, 6.3 million barrels per day. Uh, refineries, and we alluded to this just uh, 15 seconds ago, refineries are still down 1.2 million barrels. Uh, something on the order of 12.5 million barrels are being refined uh, this, this past week. And normally this time of year, uh, we're looking at 16, 17 million barrels. Wow. Yeah. And, and finally, in news from Canada, they've taken a half a million barrels offline for maintenance uh, by three oil sands, uh, man, how do you say this, manufacturers or upgra upgrade, people that upgrade oil sands, and that resulted in certainly higher prices for heavy oil in Canada. Hmm. 
Uh, well, let's go over to uranium, Mickey, where the uh, spot price of uh, uranium continues uh, to sell off. Yeah, yeah, it lost another fifty cents down to twenty-seven thirty-eight. Now, tell me how much money was raised in the uranium market over the last couple of weeks, Trevor? <laughs> There's a big disconnect somewhere that we don't understand right now. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a little hopium. Maybe it's a little hopium. <laughs> An obtainium. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's talk about the money section uh I, I didn't send you the dollar chart it spiked last uh, couple days yeah, Mickey, obviously you I can didn't tell need to see that chart <laughs> uh, but the, a one in a 1.1 percent move in the dixie is a huge move absolutely trevor 102 basis points and only that but the 10-year treasury was up 10 basis points which these are big money moves uh you don't see that those sorts of moves very often. And that, of course, contributed to the weakness in all metal prices. Um, Euro, get this, Trevor, news. News today. The euro was down a concomitant amount. <laughs> Close at 119.1. Where I told you about this, the loony had a nice week, up 79 cents, up 44 basis points, six tenths percent. Uh, Mickey, you mentioned the continued uh, upward move in the 10-year yield. Uh, it's continuing to wreak havoc in the market, in the general equities. Uh, the market is saying one thing. Uh, the Fed is trying to say something else. It, was a, it wasn't a great uh, interview that Fed Chair Jerome Powell <laughs> gave yesterday, I'll be honest with you. Um, but the, the week had a big sell-off. Uh, however, the Dow Jones and the S&P were able to squeak by green. The NASDAQ, however, just getting obliterated. Well, there's a couple of things going on here, and I'll give you props for this. Basically, Wall Street versus the Fed on interest rates. And, and pal, we told you last week there was going to be a bunch of Fed-speak untruths. Uh, going back to our days reading uh, 1984, uh, and that's what Powell did yesterday. Uh, Wall Street didn't like it, although the Dow was up 1.8% on the week, so the industrials certainly liked it, 31,496. S&P 500 had a, had a nice week at 38.42, up eight-tenths of percent, uh, both still off record highs, but NASDAQ took it in the shorts, 12,920, down over 2%. And Trevor, I have to think that part of this is a sector rotation, which we've been talking about for uh, at least uh, the last couple of weeks, that, that people have seen that the, well, actually the last three weeks, it's been down uh, something. I'm adding the numbers up. looks to me like down about 10% on the last couple of weeks. So um, a lot of these tech stocks are frothy and, and overbought. And so go into yeah. something you can make money on. It, it, it was until just a couple hours ago before the market closed, um, basically the NASDAQ gave away all of its gains from the beginning of the year. So it's holding on. It's pretty interesting here. Yeah, well, looking at the numbers, it's uh, up 
20, 32 points, so two-tenths of percent. But you're right, basically giving up all its yearly gains, whereas uh, the Dow's up 3% over the year, S&P 500 well above 2%. So a lot of this today was driven by uh, very good job numbers, 380,000 jobs added. That's a couple of hundred thousand more than expected. And jobless claims have fallen, unemployment claims down to 6.2%, which, if memory serves, was where they existed throughout uh, Obama's first term in office. Uh, Mickey, I, I do want to point out a technical indicator here that I'm watching and have been watching this morning. Uh, that's on the NASDAQ futures, 12,300. Mm-hmm. It came down there, tested it, actually broke through a little bit earlier today, but then bounced up. But if there's a close below that, it's there's not a whole lot of support anywhere close below. So Yeah, so, so I see what you're saying. I'm looking at a 24-hour NASDAQ chart uh, from New York Open, and my gosh, it's a perfect V-shape yep. uh, from – what, 9.30 New York time on open until 2 o'clock New York time, and then it kind of treaded water after that. Yeah. Mm, so watch, watch, watch that line. Watch, watch that, that line. line on Monday, eh? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about the venture exchange. Uh, it was ugly uh, up there. Well, this is what happens. And we told you exponential spikes up lead to parabolic tops and exponential falls on the backside. And that certainly has happened with the venture exchange over the last couple of weeks. It's given back something on the order from its intraday high, uh, 190 points. So something on the order of 18%, 17% over the last couple of weeks. Um, all sectors sold off in four days. Monday was an up day, but not much. And then uh, it got really brutal toward the end of this week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, closed at 918, 10% yes, loss. Yes, it did. Wow. Yep, yep. After a 7% lot. lot lost last week so you know <laughs> i hope you didn't go in and buy two weeks ago because you're in a world of hurt right now mm-hmm. uh mickey uh, you know we had a lot of a lot that was going on in the market obviously this week a lot of fed speak uh take a breath over the weekend but what do we got looking forward to next week well i think we're really watching to see what gold does because um, so much of what we do in the junior resource sector is is focused on gold um and really that depends on some more fed speak um we're looking for texas to reopen fully and i did drive through texas yesterday and i can confirm much like drill rigs that windmills turn to the right when they're not frozen (laughs) and the wind always blows out there (laughs) Either side of Amarillo, Texas. Uh, But also next week, we're looking at CPI numbers, PPI numbers from the U.S. data. And Bank of Canada, European Central Bank are both meeting. And we'll get some some bank speak from them and 
I dare to say it's going to be full of untruths. All right, Mickey. Safe travels to you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Trevor. That's it for today's recap on the Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly. You can catch up on resource sector news every morning on Mining Stock Daily. Watch, listen, and read Mickey's work at mercenarygeologist.com and tune into this show over the weekend at kitco.com. Thanks, Mickey, and thanks as always to our loyal listeners.